This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala al-mabruthi rahmatan lil'alameen. Nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa tabi'in. ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد. We always praise Allah subhanahu wa taala. We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, his entire household, all his companions. May Allah subhanahu wa taala bless them all, and may He bless every single one of us, and may He make us from amongst those who can reach out to one another in a positive way. Brothers and sisters in Islam, we have many crises in the Muslim ummah. We have many issues that need resolving. This particular issue that we have gathered here for this evening is an issue whereby each one of us is asked to reach out to their brothers and sisters who are struggling across the globe, those who are caught up in the crossfire. To be very honest with you, the political situation today is not my business nor is it yours. For today, we are worried about the humanitarian catastrophe which we would like to be a part of in order to alleviate, in order to reach out to, in line with the teachings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The challenge is out to myself and yourselves. We are sitting here, we are about to have a beautiful meal, in fact we've already just started. There are people who have not seen water for weeks, if not months. Pure, proper water. The bottles that are in front of us today are something that people that we are speaking about this evening perhaps have not seen in a very long time. And we take things for granted. We waste our food. We waste so much in terms of wealth. We will go out to various places, perhaps the pavilion or gateway. MashaAllah. But... We will order so much without thinking for a moment, I need to reach out. If just the leftover of the food from our tables was to be donated in the form of cash, we would be able to get every single refugee a plate of food a day with a reasonable amount of food by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The same applies to the water. Amazing. But we don't think of it that way. Because when we go out, it's a matter of how many rands do I have. I can afford to take my family out every weekend. So much so, that when my daughter gets married, I will make it a condition upon my son-in-law. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, kitchen closed. You've heard that, I'm sure. May Allah protect us. That is the attitude we have. Because we say, we've got the money, and mashallah, all those who have these restaurants need to make money, mashallah. So therefore, let's go out and let's eat out. Today we want to talk about the wastage we have. The amount of wealth we use, mashallah, if it is halal and we're not being extravagant, nobody is saying it's wrong. But what we're saying is, let's think about those who've never seen such a meal in a long, long time. Some of them have been born and are now three years old, have not had a proper meal in terms of milk, either from the formula milk or from the breast of their own mothers. May Allah protect us. But there are two things I'd like to discuss in the few minutes I have this evening. One is, a very important lesson. What is it? 
What is it that I learn from the crisis in Syria and elsewhere on the globe? Number one, Muslims are killing each other. That's what I learned. I learned Muslims are fighting each other. They're killing each other and they're excited about it. To be honest with you, sometimes they don't even want to sit and talk to each other. They prefer to just shoot the next man because they have two differences. That's a reality. So if we do not look at it and apply it in our lives to see how best we can protect ourselves from such a catastrophe, then we've learned nothing from those issues and problems that are occurring across the globe. If you have hatred in your heart against a fellow believer, you are a criminal. Did you know that? If you have hatred in your heart against a fellow believer, you are a criminal because that Shaitan will seize that opportunity of the little hatred that you have and blow it out of proportion to the degree that it becomes enmity which becomes a war between you and the one you hate because Shaitan has made it into a war. Yet, had you sat down with a good heart to cleanse or to clarify or perhaps to sort out matters, you would have been able to sort out matters. And even if you didn't, the fact that you shared the shahada should have been enough for you to be able to love one another on common ground and say that we disagree on five matters, the other 50,000 matters we are all in agreement. You would avoid a situation whereby shaitan would seize the opportunity to make you go further in that hatred by lifting your hand or lifting the gun. May Allah protect us all. So that's point number one I learned is to love my brothers and sisters who share the shahada with me, come what may. Even if I have five differences with you, I love you for the sake of Allah. When I say to you, Assalamu alaikum, I mean, may peace be upon you from my own harm. I won't harm you. And I am not a hypocrite. If I've said that, you won't find me harming you, neither by my tongue nor by my actions. Al Muslim, man salim al Muslimuna min lisanihi wa yadihi. A true believer, a true Muslim, a true submitter is he whom all the other Muslims are safeguarded from the evil of his or her tongue as well as hand. So I need to ask myself, am I a true Muslim? Simple answer. Do I harm people with my tongue and my hand? If I am, I'm not a true Muslim. That's the hadith. And if I do not, then Alhamdulillah, I have entered territory which qualifies me to be a true Muslim by the will of Allah. May Allah grant me the fulfillment of all the other conditions so that when I arrive on the day of Qiyamah, I can arrive having helped as many people as possible without having harmed a single soul. So this type of catastrophe can be avoided. It is avoidable. The sad reality, it is there. It is pointless for us to say, let's only talk about reaching out when we haven't talked about how to avoid it in our society tomorrow. How to avoid it in our families tomorrow. Today we are really, some of our lands are occupied. MashaAllah, it's our duty to reach out, definitely. But it is also our duty to safeguard our own hearts from the occupation of the devil. Sometimes the devil has occupied our heart. We are not interested in pleasing Allah. Why? Because the devil's occupied my territory here. So I've got my pride that makes me stop talking to my brothers and sisters. It makes me cause a problem in my family. It makes me not surrender to the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to resolve crises that I have in our midst. It makes me not be an asset in the society, but rather a stone or a thorn. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. So I need to learn the protection of my own self from the occupation of the devil of my heart and my soul. May Allah protect us from that type of occupation. Sometimes we are a pain in our families, in our communities. Sometimes the very presence of our own selves within people 
would result in them feeling so uncomfortable because we are rotten to the core. Allahu Akbar. It happens. So from this type of a crisis, we need to cleanse ourselves. What's the point? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it very clear that if you want holistic improvement anywhere, each one of us needs to look into ourselves. Am I ready to improve? If I am, I've made the biggest contribution to the alleviation of the suffering elsewhere on the globe. I tell you how. Many ways, but the simplest way of looking at it is, even if they've suffered and they've lost their homes and they are refugees and we've reached out to them with our wealth, the fact that we have cleansed ourselves, we have saved our communities, our children from falling into the same trap. That's what it is. So naturally, the ummah would have benefited. Allah will not change the condition of a nation until and unless every single individual from amongst them changes themselves. When I said this in one place, they looked at me and said, are you saying we should not reach out to others just because we are bad? No, that is not what is meant here. What is meant here is a powerful instruction to say, please worry about yourself as well. When you start with yourself, you become a good person. What happens, that candle that you have lit within yourself lights up thousands and millions of candles where you have clear eyes, your heart is good, the people around you are so happy, they learn from you, they can become good people, everyone becomes brilliant people who can resolve their matters and who can avoid matters in the first place in a way that society is so loving that when you go to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you feel like you are part of a bigger family. Unlike what happens in some communities, when you enter the house of Allah, you look at this man, he stole 20,000 of mine. Oh, this one did that to me. That one did this to me. This one slipped my tires the other day. That one did this. So next time you don't want to go to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Half of them owe me money and I owe the other half money. Allahu Akbar. So I don't want to go to the house of Allah. If we had a clear society, everyone would love it. Imagine you go into the house of Allah, people greet you with a smile. Assalamu alaikum, how are you my brother? What's happening and so on. Stop becoming too inquisitive in an uncomfortable nature. You know, they look at you and they see, mashallah, pretty girl. And they say, are you married? You say, yes. They say, oh. Then they look away. What happened? Suddenly I'm a bad person because I'm married? Is it because I'm off the shelf? Allahu Akbar. May Allah protect us. This type of behavior, and I've given you a simple example that really tackles a lot of women. But this type of example is so common where people want to know you because of what they think they can get out of you. That's what it is. So now they come to you, Assalamu alaikum, how are you? What's happening? You know, how's business going? How much money did you make the other day? Who did you sell to? Where did you buy from? That man won't see you in the masjid the next time. Why? In our language, you know what it's called? Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. This disintegrates society. We need to come together, love one another, help one another. You don't need to become so inquisitive in a way that people feel uncomfortable in your presence. Don't ask those questions for nothing. It's got nothing to do with you. Rather, if a man is suffering, reach out to him. Today when a man is doing good, we want to drop him. That's the problem in the ummah. We are taught that when someone is struggling, reach out to them. 
But what are we doing? When someone is doing well, we want to drop him or drop her. Because we can't see it. We can't stomach it. Then we start crying that this is what's happening there and this is what's happening here. Yes, we should be crying, but there's a bigger picture. The bigger picture is tomorrow it is coming to me whether I like it or not. Do you know that? Either in the form of a flood or an earthquake or catastrophe of any nature. May Allah protect us. But it has to come to me and who will reach out to me? May Allah protect us. Firstly, the best of those who will reach out are those who are closest to you. Your family members, your community members, those around you, within your country, and then those in the nearby countries and so on. They will reach out to you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has definitely kept this as a test for everyone. No nation can say we are immune to natural disaster. We are immune to ever needing the help of another nation or other people. No. Nobody can say that. Not at all. No individual can say, I am on my own. I don't need anyone in my life. No, you do. Allah says, do not forget. Do not forget the virtue between yourselves. To be kind, to be good to one another. You need one another. I go to buy bread, for example, the baker. I need to have a good relation with him. I might go out to buy meat, I might go out to the barber, I might go out to anyone, whatever I need, the doctor, whoever it is, the accountant, the plumber, the man who does the lights, we met one of them today, subhanallah. If I were to go out and become a person who is bad to all these people, my life will become a mess. So an intellect is he or she who is kind to everyone, knowing that I will be an asset to them, they will be an asset to me. Together we can grow, together we will nurture, together we will come close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we have issues that need discussion, we will discuss them in a professional way. We will discuss them in a way that we can resolve the matters, not to create bigger crises out of that which is really a speck of dust. May Allah protect us. So this is lesson number one, a solid lesson. Something that we can talk about for hours on end. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to safeguard us. My brothers and sisters, when we have hatred against one another, we love to see the downfall of one another. This is what's happening in Syria. Each one wants to see the downfall of the other. A certain man told me that even amongst the groupings of those who are trying to achieve something, within them there is a disaster where they are also fighting one another. I've worded it carefully. Allahu Akbar. Imagine. So me and you are supposed to be doing the same thing, but suddenly there comes a stage where I become jealous of you, so I knock you out as well. Allahu Akbar. So where are we heading? Why is all this happening? My brothers and sisters, it's about time we learn to reach out to one another for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do you know what Allah says in the Quran? The disbelievers are protectors of one another. Straight up. The disbelievers are protectors of one another. That's what Allah says. So the point He makes is, if you are not going to do the same, then there will be great fitna and facade on earth, corruption and chaos on earth. Why? If you are not going to be protectors of one another, then what do you expect? People will trample upon you, completely trample upon you. And this is why when we talk about the unity of the ummah, it is not a fairy tale. It requires a great sacrifice, tolerance, maturity of the mind. It requires a lot. It requires 
rising above the petties of the ummah and understanding that on common ground we will unite. What we are not common regarding, we may discuss and we may agree to disagree on that, no problem. But that does not mean that I have open hatred against someone who utters the shahada. Allahu Akbar. Who knows, I may be wrong. May Allah protect us. So these are lessons we have to take home. We have to learn to teach our children to love others. We have to learn to teach our children to resolve matters. Today we become so petty that we don't want our children to speak to the neighbors because they somehow cut the loan on our side when we didn't want it that short. As petty as that. So, 20 years, no speech. The loan. You know, shave the whole loan, no problem. But I'll still talk to you, so what? It was an error, it was a mistake. Even if it was done for whatever reason, we can resolve that, no problem. But how can we resolve, how can we allow little matters to divide us in such a big way? We need to rise above it. And we need to make sure that we inculcate in the generations to come the the love for one another rather than hatred because if the hatred is sown, it will grow into a huge tree. When the tree grows into the third generation, it will be so big that to cut the bark off at that time will be almost impossible. So this is why we are taught, Allah has given us a lesson. We're sitting far away, relaxed, beautiful weather, beautiful food, beautiful infrastructure, beautiful everything, beautiful nation, beautiful country, beautiful people and everything we have is absolutely gorgeous. What do we learn? We look back, we see what's going on on the globe and we're busy thinking that this is never going to come to us in the form of a natural disaster or anything else. That is exactly what the people of Syria thought and before them those of Iraq and before them those of Afghanistan and Pakistan and everywhere else and Yemen and so on. The countries that are upside down today, they never dreamt in the wildest of their dreams that anything of this nature would actually overtake them and it has overtaken them. So lesson number one, lesson number two, Lesson number three has got to do with how to protect ourselves from something similar happening to us. Perhaps it might be like I say, it may not be a political crisis and it may be. Or it may be a natural disaster. Then what will happen? Without us reaching out to one another, even through the salam that we have with a smile on our faces, how are we expected to reach out to one another at the time of a crisis in a genuine manner? People look and they say, ah, that one there, you know, he's like this. Never mind, let him die. He's okay. You know, they say, if there is a man, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us, and he's fallen into a pit, and you will find people walk past and actually throw stones into the pit. They say, never mind, let him go down further. Why? Because that's the condition that we've allowed our hearts to disintegrate to. So bad, so terrible. Allahu Akbar. Whereas your enemy, if you were to reach out with your hand and pick the enemy up when he was in a pit, his whole outlook of who you are will change. The perception will change. His heart may soften because at a time of his need you reached out to him. And he may then become one of your best buddies. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah is all able and all capable of doing what? It is possible that Allah creates love between you and the one you dislike. 
The one between you and him, there is enmity. It is possible for Allah to create love between you. It has happened. From the time of Rasulullah heading down or coming down all the way to our generation. Look at Abu Sufyan radiallahu anhu, Khalid ibn al-Walid radiallahu anhu. And the names are so many. Allah created love between them and the rest of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum as well. Yet they were enemies, prize enemies. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. There are non-Muslims reaching out to my brothers and sisters elsewhere with the wrong intentions in a lot of cases. What are their intentions? To convert, to revert, to turn away from the deen. They force them to memorize certain portions of the scriptures before they can actually receive a bottle of water. Wallahi, it's happening. If Muslims were to do that to non-Muslims anywhere on the globe, there would be a bigger catastrophe. We would be labeled X, Y, and Z. But when the others do it to us, do you know what the problem is? We are busy sitting, we haven't even reached out. Wallahi, there are people who remove their jewelry to give it to the cause. You need to select the organization that you trust, the people you trust, those whom you know. You give them whatever you have. And the hadith guarantees you, your worry of the day of judgment, we will take care of it. Because you took care of the worry of those who really had a crisis in this world and we had given you the means. That's what the hadith says. I always say, and I, of late we've been repeating it, you can have the best house, the best car, the best business, the best wife, the best children, the best everything. The day your health deteriorates and you are on that hospital bed, everything becomes irrelevant. Completely irrelevant. Are we waiting for that day before we reach out to someone? When we realize that, Ya Allah, everything is gone, I can't talk, I'm on this life support, you know what's going on, you can't even tell anyone that you love them, because it's over. You can't speak, you can't do anything. So what will help you on that day? If you helped others. Allah will continue to assist a worshipper, for as long as that worshipper is occupied in assisting other worshippers. It's a clean cut hadith. Do you know we lose focus and we begin to think in life, I need the best set of Mac makeup, subhanAllah, that's what I need. What else do I need? I need the latest iPhone, the iPhone 6 is already ordered. The next thing I need is the Roti Matic that's out and you know what, it's a thousand pounds. I can order it online, it's coming out in December, inshallah, I'll be one of those who get it. The ladies know what I'm talking about. And the next thing I need, by the way, it's a machine that makes rotis, just like that. You know, 20 rotis in, the, in so many minutes. It's there, you can go and check it out on Google. You can even go out on that particular site. Nobody's saying don't order it, inshallah. You might solve problems in your home if you order it, inshallah. But that having been said, sometimes it's my aim in life. I need this machine, I need that, and I need this, and I'm going to have to have this accessory and this handbag and this perfume and this thing here and that car and this type of a house and this interior design and everything. Do you know what happens? MashaAllah, you're allowed to have that if you can afford it, but it becomes your focus. You forget that three quarter way down, you're going to become sick, you're going to die. Where did you build your akhirah? Allahu Akbar. Three quarter way down, you're gone. Now what happens? Now... The question comes, how many did you reach out to? How many other people's houses did you build whom you achieved nothing from? You know, it's not a tit for tat thing where, okay, I give Syria, but I want to take from Syria. No, I give and I want from Allah. I, I've given, I don't even want people to know. The best of charities, those which are given, your left hand don't know what your right hand has spent. It's a hadith. So here we are, we are being woken up by this reality to say, one day I'm going to be on my deathbed. 
And what will come to my assistance? Or what is going to be my concern? Ya Allah, I'm about to meet you. I'm about to meet you. What did I do? What have I done? My salah hasn't been in order. My zakah hasn't been in order. My dress code has not been in order. Hardly anything has been in order. But Ya Allah, I reached out as best as I could to suffering human beings across the globe. I ask you to accept that from me through your mercy. Let that be a deed that may grant me paradise. Then comes the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. مَن نَفَّسَ عَن مُسْلِمٍ كُرْبَةً مِن كُرَبِ الدُّنْيَا نَفَّسَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ كُرْبَةً مِن كُرَبِ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ The hadith of Abu Huraira رضي الله عنه Sahih Muslim. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Whosoever alleviates, contributes toward the alleviation of the suffering of a believer, of a Muslim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will alleviate their sufferings on the day of Qiyamah. Imagine, what do I want? My focus is paradise. I hope it's yours. Whether I get the Bentley in this world or not is besides the point. Believe me. Allahu Akbar. They say they call it a Bentley because your mind becomes bent after that. Allahu Akbar. But the truth is, whether I get it here or not, the fact is I need paradise. What's the point of me having everything in the dunya when my paradise has not even been paid for? It has not even been worked towards. Nothing. So everyone knows me as the dawn. Everyone knows me as the top. Everyone knows me as the wealthiest, as the most good looking, as the most this, as the most that, as the most successful, as a person whom everyone flocked around. Big deal. When you die, then you now need to know whatever you've done whilst Allah has given you, whatever He gave you, is what will come to your help by the will of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. You had health, what did you do? You had wealth, what did you do? Wallahi, to be honest with you, today, if we were to ask for charities, and we were to say, my brothers and sisters, let's donate to Syria. You know, you, alhamdulillah, you may get people who will give. But to be honest, at the time of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, when they were asked to give, do you know what they gave? 100%. Imagine everything, lock, stock and barrel, gone. And when Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhum was asked, so what have you left behind here? He says, Allah and His Messenger. We'll start afresh. Don't worry, I'll have another plate of food just now. But for now, 100% gone there. Not one of us can actually do that. Allahu Akbar. Imagine, give away everything. Completely, lock, stock and barrel. You've got nothing besides the clothes you're wearing and it's out. Your car gone, your house gone, everything gone. Well, let's say, for example, all your property, the movable property at least. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. May He grant us goodness. And this is why... When the Prophet ﷺ needed some wealth for a certain reason, I'll give you one example. The, the well that was bought over by Uthman an, he says, who will purchase this and in return get paradise? Imagine with money, it was purchased, paradise was bought with money. That's what the Prophet ﷺ said, it's one way of doing things. Not everyone can serve Islam in the way I can or you can. Everyone serves Islam in a different way. But every one of us can reach out a little bit. Some people don't have knowledge. Some people don't have wealth. Some people might not have health. Some people have the health, but they don't have the wealth. And so on. So each one serves in his own way. Whatever Allah has made easy for you, you go ahead and serve the deen. And that is your paradise. But when you do not use the means at your disposal to serve the deen and humanity and the cause of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you've lost. This is Allah. So this is why, getting back to that hadith, Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu, more than one occasion has given the wealth such that he was told, this is in return for paradise. 
So I want to tell you, if your salary, for example, is 10,000 rands, and from the salary of 12 months, you decide 6 months' salary is going to go down to this cause, I think that that is something huge by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then we can say, subhanallah, ya Allah, I don't want to clock mileage in the dunya. All I want, ya Allah, is for you to grant me paradise. This is the only thing I had. Whether my salah and the concentration in it and on it was actually to where it's supposed to be or not, that I don't know. I ask you to accept it from me. But this little thing, it was big for me to do. I only did it for your sake. So the Prophet ﷺ made announcements. And when they gave, they gave big time. Yet, holistically, they had less than us. They had less than us, subhanAllah. And the amount of food we eat, the amount, the amount of clothing we have in our cupboards, subhanAllah. I tell you a fact. Allah protect us. I'm talking from my own experience. If you have a home, and you decide to renovate, and your women folk tell you to have more cupboards, no matter how many cupboards you have in the home, two years down the line, you're going to need more cupboards. And the same applies to freezers, by the way. Yes. I promise you, we know what I'm talking about, because we have so much clutter in our own homes, that if we were to get rid of those things we haven't used in the last six months, the refugees in Syria would never ever feel the cold of the winter to come. Because our jerseys we've had for, for so many years, it looks so nice, you don't fit in it anymore, subhanAllah. But we have a habit, especially our sisters. What is it? When I was married, I was this size. So now what's happening? It's in my cupboard. Oh, inshallah, one day I'll get there. But you know what? Four children down, don't worry, mashallah. You can wear two of them, sew them together by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No problem. Nobody says you keep on looking at it. There is someone who's probably as slim as that somewhere in Syria who would do with it. Allahu Akbar. But no, keep it. Sentimental value. That might be your paradise. Go and give it. Well, I hope the cut was such that you cannot be ashamed of yourself to donate it to Muslims. They wouldn't be ashamed to wear it. That's another point you need to think of. May Allah protect us. So this is why I say the excess... That which we are not making use of. That which we don't need. So much we have. So much. Give it out. Give it away. These are causes that do not come by all the time. When we are going through crises, others will do the same for us. Because Allah will create others to help you. Because you helped others when they were in need by the will of Allah. Or He might save you completely from that calamity out of acceptance for you having reached out to those who had a similar calamity. This is the will of Allah. This is the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah's test is for us. We will never, a lot of us who are here, most of us if not all, we will never ever use every cent that we have. We won't be able to deplete it. I always say, when you die, you'll have change. And they look at me and say, what do you mean? I say, when you die, you'll have change. Even if it means five rand, there'll be change. Allahu Akbar. Which means you've had more than what you actually needed. Even if it's a little bit, but it's more. And a lot of us, it's going to be a lot more. So, reach out. MashaAllah. From amongst us, there are some who have a lot, who spend a lot. There are some who have a little, who spend a lot. MashaAllah, even better. But there are some who have a lot, and they don't spend. Not at all. And there are some who have a little, and they still don't spend. Whereas when you have a little, and you spend, 
you stand a bigger chance of acceptance because the percentage that you have given is far greater than those who have a lot and they've given. If a man has 10 million and he gives out 10,000, the proportion of it is far smaller than a man who has 10,000 and he's given 1,000. Far smaller. Allahu Akbar. But it's Allah who watches us. He sees us. Why is it that we need to scrounge when we come to asking for that which is the cause of Allah? Anything. Look at the masjid, the house of Allah. People come around for collection and nobody gives or they have to beg. But that's the house of Allah. You make use of it regularly. If you were to pay 10 rands for every salah because you're using a beautiful carpet, you've made wudu there, you've used the towels there, you've got the aircon there, you've got the mic system there, you've got an imam there, you've got a mu'adbin there, you've got a few teachers there, your children learn there and so on. Whatever happens, happens. If you were to pay 10 rands for every salah you read in a masjid, today the masjids would be the best buildings on earth. And the imams would be paid so highly that people would be fighting to become imams. Believe me. But we would not want to even pay 10 rands per salah. Imagine how many of us men are here. If, if you were to pay 10 rands for every salah, a lot of us would read salah at home. Allah protect us. But it's a reality. It's a fact. Think about it. The facility is there for you. So the same applies when crises occur. This is a crisis. Nobody should have come to us and said, you know what, give towards Syria. No, we should have gone out and reached and says, where is it? Here's my jewelry. Here's my savings. Here's my gold bar. Here's something I've had for so many years. Wallahi, I have witnessed some people in the Middle East do this. You know, we're quick to talk about how they blow their money in the casinos of London. To be honest with you, there is a larger proportion of people who spend their money in the right cause. I honest, with all honesty, and we have seen it. I have seen a telethon collection in Saudi Arabia. In three hours, they collected 300 million riyals. Three hours. Tonight here, will we collect a million? We don't even need to auction anything. To be honest with you, we don't want to auction. I am a person who is against auctioning in order to raise, to help a cause of the deen. Why? We should be saying by right, you know what? Leave that auction, here is 10,000, we are giving it to you. Here is 100,000, we are pledging it. And sometimes we are forced or we should do it in a way that others are encouraged to do it. Because when we want to compete with one another for the right reasons, then it is permissible. We want to actually give others a good example to say, look, if he could give 10,000, I can give 15. And then he says, no, I will give 20. That's what happened at the time of Rasulullah One man came with 25%, the other came with 50%, the third came with 100%. Subhanallah. So it was not boasting and bragging, but it was the good cause. They felt it within them. They were buying paradise. They are buying the pleasure of Allah because today man loves his wealth and his life. Two things that man really, really loves. Health and wealth. He loves it. Health meaning the life, the life that he has, the pure, the, the quality of the life and the wealth. If you can sacrifice those two for the sake of Allah, you have earned your paradise. Your health, so you get up for salah. Not to say, I'm lazy, my bed is very cozy, I've got a nice mink blanket, Allahu Akbar. Allah protect us. So now what happens? I'm just lying down here. You know, Fajr, it's okay. You know, I'm still young. We'll, we'll make Tawbah when we're 35, 40. You know, maybe when my bones are aching, I'll make Tawbah and so on. If that's the attitude, what happens? We're losing our paradise. Allah might not allow you to see the age of 35. Then, so this is why we say, you, that health of yours, the life you have, utilize it in the cause. 
Do you know that a Muslim must be focused on paradise? That's your focus. Your focus is paradise. It's like taking a little garment or a tom-tom as they were to call it and punching in your destination. If you were to punch in destination, paradise, what would it tell you to do? What would it tell you to do? It would get you up for salah, it would make you dress appropriately, it would make you have a clean heart, it would make you learn to love one another. All this hatred that is flying around is actually from the devil. What it makes us do is it makes us become this jealous of one another, this hatred, this animosity. Each one looks at the other with an eye of dissension, with an eye of hatred. Then we achieve nothing. As an ummah, we are actually disintegrating. Yet. We only have a short space of time in the dunya to set an example and to leave. My focus is paradise. So if I can spend anything towards that paradise, I must do it. Even if it's a good word. A good word. Do you know what the hadith says? Ittaqunnara walaw bishiqi tamra. Fear the fire, even if it means by the pip of a date or a portion of the date. Give it out in charity. Small portion of a day. You've eaten half of it. There's another half in your hand. Someone needs it. Give it out. Fear the fire in that way. Where you give out. Even if it is a little bit. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. This hadith has deeper meanings. More meanings. But I've only mentioned one angle of it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us. Brothers and sisters, really. I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for bringing us together here this evening. For this beautiful cause. And I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for instilling the love in our hearts for one another, really. And I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for giving us direction. And for we ask Allah to continue giving us direction and to use us to reach out to people. You know, when I heard fundraising dinner, normally I tell myself, you know, people only think of ulama when they want to raise funds. And then it puts you off a little bit because then people start saying, you know what, you want to hear knowledge, you need to first pay. Okay, to be honest with you, when the minute I hear, I hear, hear the word Syria, especially nowadays, immediately I can relate to the fact that really we need to reach out in whatever way we can. We need to reach out. That's what it is. That's why I'm standing here in front of you. Because I feel if Allah has used me to motivate, and I try to contribute in my own little way, to say, look, this is my contribution towards the cause, whatever it was. And I am calling upon you really, really, truly to reach out deep in your pockets and to give for the sake of Allah. Allah will protect you. And Allah will grant you safety from calamities that you fear. Today we are worried about our children. Reach out to the children of Syria. Allah will take care of your kids. Reach out to the children of the struggling across the globe. Allah will take care of your situation. Reach out to the widows. Allah will protect your wife. And Allah will protect your family. And Allah will grant you even if you were to go before her and she became a widow. Allah will create people who will help her genuinely. When I say genuinely, I mean not a tit for tat thing where I'll help you but. There's no B-U-T there. I'll help you for the sake of Allah. There you are. I want nothing in return. You don't even need to know my name. Here you are. Allah Allah grant us goodness. This is why we say, you want your health to improve, reach out to those who are sick. There are people dying. There are people who are struggling in so many ways. Reach out to them. Allah will reach out to you. Whoever treads the path towards Allah, walking, Allah says, I come to them rushing. This is a path of Allah. 
This is a form of jihad. It's a form of a struggle to reach out to our, into our pockets, to reach out into our purses and our accounts and into whatever excess we have in our own homes. Sell it up and give it away. Because be honest, to be honest with you, it will be more of need when we get into our graves than it is right now. We will need it more then than we do right now. And if we were to utilize it right now in the right direction, we will never regret when we get into our graves. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us and to open our doors. Really, my minutes are up. Imagine, subhanAllah. But... I'd like to end by saying, my brothers and sisters, let's improve ourselves as human beings. Let's reach out to one another. Let's smile more at one another. Let's greet one another properly and let's stop harming one another. When we say, Assalamu Alaikum, we really mean, may peace be upon you. I am not going to harm you. And at the same time, when it comes to these causes that there are across the globe, we need to reach out to poor women and children. They are struggling, they are suffering. They are being tested in the most difficult way possible. Believe me. And we must reach out to them by whatever means it is. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all acceptance. Brothers and sisters, really, it brings tears to the eyes to read the stories of people across the ocean who are struggling. We are so fortunate. Allah has given us such a beautiful opportunity, not only now, but every time. That from this part of the globe, a large contingent always goes, wherever it is across the globe, to assist. But you know what? The names of those who supported the contingent are always down. In the eyes of Allah, they have given. And those who stayed behind, Allah creates another situation. And still we don't give. How can that be? I hope and I pray, really, and I'm being serious here, that every one of us, even those who are listening right now, and those who may listen a little bit later to this particular talk, reach out deep. Take out whatever you can. And believe me, donate to the cause. Give to the cause. This is a humanitarian cause. We are not talking about a political cause. We are talking about a humanitarian cause. People who are being tested in their deen, in their dunya. People who are being raped, really. People who are being pillaged, destroyed, in order to achieve a plate of food as a result. Astaghfirullah. People who are sometimes forced to do things that they never dreamt in their lives they would be forced to do in order to survive. And it's happening, believe me. And the fathers are crying in their presence. Things are happening that are really very destructive. We would not be able to sleep if we knew the graphics of what was happening. And all we are being asked for is from that cozy bed of yours, just make a decision. From your seat right now, make a decision to say, Ya Allah, you're safe. It's not like I'm boasting, it's not like I'm bragging, but Ya Allah, I'm going to give this for your sake. You grant me alleviation in my own suffering. I will contribute in my own little way towards the suffering of these people today. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless these sisters who thought up this idea and all the others who are helping, who have helped and who continue to help. We have so many organizations that are working in this direction. MashaAllah, we have Al-Imdad and we have so many others who are really assisting in this particular cause. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help keep us focused and really as much as I have a lot more to say. But to be honest, I think we can digest what I've said to start off with myself and then the rest of us 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all, my brothers and sisters. I feel the link and the connection between myself and yourselves solely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I am one that I really and firmly believe that when your heart is filled with love, all the matters and the problems of this dunya are solved. You can, Allah helps you to rise above anything and everything for as long as you are prepared to reach out to others with the love that Allah has instilled in your heart. Today people might say, those people in Syria, Oh, they those type of Muslims, so why should we reach out to them? That is the same thing that might happen to us the day we are in need. When I have suffered, Allah protect us. When I have suffered a blowout, for example, and a Christian man stops and helps me, what am I going to say? Sorry, what religion do you belong to? He says, well, I'm a Christian. Please go. Would we ever do that? If I was in a pit... Or if I was in danger, say a lion attacked me and next thing the game ranger comes to me and he's got his little skull cap there, he's a Jewish man. Will I tell him, hang on, are you a Jew? He says, yes. I say, go away. It's okay, I'll be with the lion. Would I do that? But Muslims are doing it amongst themselves. Look at where shaitan has got to. I personally have reached out and helped people in accidents. I've repaired tires of so many people on the road, I make it a point to stop and to move the people aside and to do this thing without them knowing who you are. All they know is it's a Muslim person with a beard. He stopped very politely. He did his business and he walked away with a smile. That's all. Not only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to please him, but on top of that, it will please him that you are promoting the deen in a way that you want nothing in return but the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yet, amongst ourselves, sometimes we become hopeless and ridiculous, fueled by these small words that come across from all over the show to say, don't help there because those people are like that. Don't help there because those people are like that. So what happens? The Christians and the Jews come out and they begin to assist in a way. And especially we find people who... It's a reality, you might hear of it a little bit later on tonight, where they come and make these people recite and memorize scriptures that they really do not want to. So they impose upon them something before they help. Where are we? Sitting somewhere across the globe. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. May Allah bless us all, my brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers who are here. Let's reach out for this cause. And let's ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to save us, to save our children. Inshallah, I will do my best. And I ask you to do the same. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah wa bihamdi. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.